0: Bringing you the latest in tax credit news, this is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novograddick. Hello, I'm Michael Novograddick, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, October 6th, 2020. I have another news packed podcast for you this week, starting with the details of the continued resolution that was signed last week that continues funding the federal government through December 11th. After that, I'll discuss last week's debate between President Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden, including what they said, or rather didn't say, about affordable housing and community development. I'll follow up with highlights from the Novogratic 2020 Credit and Bond Financing for Affordable Housing Virtual Conference, including what we learned from our keynote speaker, Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon. Senator Wyden is the ranking member of the Tax Writing Senate Finance Committee. I'll then discuss the recent IRS announcement of this year's National Pool Low-Income Housing Tax Credits. Also, I have details from a report by the Federal Housing Finance Agency that illustrates the importance of the Low-Income Housing Tax Credit. And following that, I'll discuss a bipartisan letter from the House Ways and Means Committee urging the CDFI Fund to ensure Native communities can access the New Markets Tax Credit. I'll also talk about the Five Fund's recent approval of a $100 million guarantee under the CDFI Bond Guarantee Program. I'll close with state-level disaster recovery news from Louisiana and from California. If you're ready, let's get started. President Trump last week signed a temporary stopgap funding bill to keep the government funded through December 11th. The continued resolution prevents the government shutdown for now and will keep federal agencies running under 2020 funding levels into the lame duck session of Congress. What does this mean for affordable housing and community development? This means that year-end funding negotiations could be a vehicle for affordable housing, community development, historic preservation, and renewable energy tax incentives legislation. Now, exactly what can be accomplished during the lame session will largely depend on the election results, Let's look at three of the most likely election scenarios. If Republicans retain control of the White House and Senate and Democrats retain control of the House, well, then the tax incentive community will likely be in a defensive mode. That means protecting existing resources from being cut or eliminated. Now, if Democrats win the presidency and retain the House while Republicans keep control of the Senate, well, we'll likely see a modest offensive path. That means the focus will shift to implementing more favorable regulations and obtaining a modest amount of additional resources. But, if we see a Democratic sweep, we'll likely see the tax incentive community aggressively trying to expand and enhance tax incentives. Of course, in that scenario, Democrats could choose to wait until 2021 to expand and enhance those incentives rather than trying to get them passed in a lame duck session this year. Now, you can learn more about what could happen if Democrats win control of the White House, Senate, and House Representatives in Novigradic's Blue Wave Effects special report. If you're a Novigradic client, this special report is available to you for free. Just contact your Novigradic partner or one of your Novigradic partners for a copy. And if you're not a Novigradic client, you can purchase the report at www.novico.com slash products. I'll tweet out a link to the report as well. On a related note, I did say in last week's podcast that I'd be watching the first presidential debate between President Trump and Vice President Biden on Tuesday night. I said I'd share any insights relevant to the tax credit community in today's podcast. I also sent out a Twitter poll asking my Twitter followers to predict how many times affordable housing would be mentioned during the presidential debate. Well, there was no direct mention of affordable housing or community development during the debate. And roughly half my Twitter followers predicted that there would be no such reference. They were right. There was, during the debate, a brief allusion to general business tax credits, but no relevant insights to share today. Now, the vice presidential debate is tomorrow night, and I'll similarly be watching that debate, and I'll share any insights relevant to the tax credit community in next week's podcast episode, Should They Develop? Now let's turn to the topic of affordable rental housing. Let me say thank you to those of you who joined us last week for the Novigradic 2020 Credit and Bond Finance for Affordable Housing Virtual Conference. We had well over 300 attendees for a news-packed and networking-rich virtual event. We were honored to start the conference by having Senate Finance Committee Ranking Member Ron Wyden join us as our keynote speaker. Senator Wyden is the top-ranking Democrat in the Senate Tax Writing Committee and is a strong supporter of affordable housing. Many of you know that he's a lead co-sponsor of the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act to expand and improve the Low-Income Housing Tax Credit. He is also the lead sponsor of the Emergency Affordable Housing Act. That's the Senate companion bill to the Low-Income Housing Tax Credit provisions of the Moving Forward Act. The Moving Forward Act was major infrastructure legislation passed by the House earlier this year in July. Now, if Democrats win control of the Senate in November, Senator Wyden will likely become Senate Finance Committee Chairman. During his Novogratz keynote address this week, Senator Wyden said that if he becomes the Finance Committee Chairman, he will pursue housing initiatives on a two-track basis. On one track is, and I'll quote here, to work on everything we can possibly get done right now, close quote. He mentioned possibly getting housing legislation such as the 4% floor, into a potential even tax extenders bill. Now, the second tract is what he calls, quote, bigger projects that reflect where we ought to go, close quote. Under that category, he spoke about a bill that he plans to introduce called the Decent, Affordable, Safe Housing Act, or DASH Act. He said the DASH Act would get a roof over every child's head and ensure that new funding would go to housing the vulnerable. The DASH Act would include a package of housing legislation, which would include legislation focused on housing the homeless, his middle-income housing tax credit proposal, which is modeled after the low-income housing tax credit, and a home buyer tax credit. Senator Wyden closed by saying that he is all-in in the fight for affordable housing. Let me say thank you, Senator Wyden, for providing our keynote address and for your continued leadership on the Hill. After Senator Wyden's keynote, we had my Washington Report session, where my co-panelists and I discussed the prospects for low-income housing tax legislation this year and next. We discussed potential vehicles for affordable housing legislation, such as a continuing resolution or fiscal year 2021 appropriations legislation, an infrastructure package, another round of COVID-19 relief legislation, or a year-end tax bill. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the November election results will largely set the stage for what legislation can be accomplished in the near term and obviously into next year. The conference agenda included several other panel discussions over our two-day agenda. We had an equity marketplace outlook session where the panelists spoke about whether affordable housing developments are able to move forward in 2020. Now, panelists agreed that they were moving forward, but there is a noticeable slowdown in overall housing activity. But that all things considered, 2020 has been a decent year in terms of affordable housing getting financed, built, and leased. We did poll our conference attendees, and we asked them how they think the COVID-19 pandemic has affected low-income housing tax credit equity pricing. Attendees reported pricing decreases, which our panelists said they had similar observations. Now, the panelists say that there was already a general decrease in tax credit equity pricing before the pandemic, but that the national health crisis just accelerated the decline. Tax credit equity pricing has declined, by our panelists' estimates, about 2 to 4 cents per credit since the pandemic began. However, they did say that the pricing change is not nearly as dramatic as a drop after 2017 tax reform, which many of our listeners know all too well. Now, the conference also featured a session on HUD topics, including significant insights on the HUD rental assistance demonstration program. Now first, on that session, they all agreed that it was more important to lift the RAD program limit of 455,000 units rather than making the demonstration program permanent. That's because properties can be recapitalized regardless as to whether the program is a demonstration or permanent program. Still, panelists said they did expect RAD to be made permanent sometime in the future. Now we had another panel that addressed deal underwriting financing during COVID-19. One of the biggest challenges for those areas is with rehabilitating properties that have tenants remaining in place. With COVID and social distancing concerns, that's much more complicated, especially when seniors are involved. Another challenge that all owners are facing is one of collections. The panelists said that rent collections have been better than expected during the pandemic. Also, noting that that could change. They, they touched upon the National Council of State Housing Agencies' recent report that estimated that renter households affected by COVID-19 could owe, you're not going to believe how big this number is, or maybe you won't be surprised, the report estimates that COVID-19 could lead to renters owing up to $34 billion across the country in back rent by January 2021 due to those renters affected by COVID-19. That's a big number. The January 2021 date, of course, is the date when the CDC's temporary eviction moratorium for qualifying renters expires. This estimated $34 billion in back rent may seem like a big number, but it does not include any interest or late fees, so the figure that renters end up owing in January could be much higher. This is an excellent report, and NCSHA really did a service to the affordable housing community by underwriting and releasing this report. I'll share a link to the report in this week's show notes, and I'll tweet it out as well. Let me say again thank you to all of our virtual attendees and all of our virtual speakers and our keynote address provided by Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon. Now remember, you can access recordings of the conference sessions until December 31st. And if you couldn't make the conference, but you'd like to purchase conference recordings... They'll still be available for purchase until December 31st as well. I'll include a link to purchase the recordings in today's show notes and tweet it out as well. Now, staying on the topic of affordable housing, the IRS recently announced that more than $3.1 million of unused long buzzing cash credits were reallocated or allocated from the national pool for calendar year 2020 to other states. So, what is the national pool? Well, every year, the IRS calculates the amount of long-term tax allocations that state agencies had carried forward from the previous year, but did not allocate in the current year. The national pool aggregates all these unused or unallocated amounts and then distributes the total to other states. For example, suppose a state carried $500,000 in unused allocation in 2018 and allocated $400,000 of that in 2019. Well, the IRS would... Assign the remaining $100,000 to the national pool. Now, for 2020, the national pool totals $3.1 million, and that amount was then allocated or reallocated to 33 states, with allocations ranging from a low of $7,500 for Vermont to a high of $470,000 for California, with the average allocation being about $94,000. In case you're wondering how this compares to last year, the reallocated national pool in 2019 was about $2.7 million, so it was roughly $400,000 less than the 2020 pool. Now, to be clear, national demand for the low-income housing tax credit remains extremely robust. Unused allocation authority should not be confused with a lack of demand. The size of the national pool is pretty small compared to the amount of long income housing tax credits authorized every year. And the low-income allocation process sometimes results in small amounts of credits being returned by affordable housing developments late in the year. Or sometimes there's a remaining amount of allocation that state agencies cannot efficiently place with new applications before the end of the year. And these remaining small amount of credits go to the national pool and get aggregated. Only states that have used their entire allocation for the year are eligible to share in the national pool. That's why there's only 33 states participating. Now, the national pool is a critical part of the tax code that does reward states with the greatest need while giving an incentive to states to use their full allocation. And the concept of having a national pool is quite popular among affordable housing advocates. Some housing advocates have even proposed enacting a similar national pool for private activity bonds so that the bond volume authority that some states are unable to use could be reallocated to states that are oversubscribed. So turning to some other news, last week, Wednesday to be exact, the Federal Housing Advance Agency published its 2019 Low-Income Housing and Community Development Report. There's a lot of information in the report, but I wanted to go over a few key highlights that might be of interest to our listeners. In 2019, according to the report, Federal Home Loan Banks were awarded nearly $458 million through the Affordable Housing Program, or AHP. Federal Home Banks then used this $458 million of funding to support more than 46,000 housing units nationwide. Now, the report also found that more than half of all this affordable housing program or HP assisted properties also used low income housing tax credit funding, which this fact underscores the importance of the low income housing tax credit, especially as Congress considers expanding or enhancing the tax credit. I'll include a link to the full report in today's show notes. I also want to give you a reminder that NovaGratic's 2020 Tax Credit Housing Virtual Conference will be held December 3rd and 4th. It'll be a great opportunity to learn more about various ways to finance affordable housing, and we'll have had an election, so it'll be a great time to, to tune in to see what's possible for 2021. I'll include a registration link in today's show notes, or you can go to wwwnivicocom slash events to register online. In New Market Tax Credit news, a bipartisan group of House Ways and Means Committee members sent a letter to the of 5 Fund recently. The letter was sent to ensure that Native communities had fair access to the New Market Tax Credit. The 10 House members in the group included Committee Chairman Richard Neal. Now, the 2019 round of new market tax for allocations did not provide any credits to community development entities that committed 100% of their activities to to assisting Native communities. Now, in other CDFI Fund news, the CDFI Fund did announce the approval of a $100 million guarantee under the fiscal year 2020 round of the CDFI Bond Guarantee Program. This program provides long-term fixed-rate capital for investments in low-income communities. The $100 million guaranteed this round will be issued to the Community Reinvestment Fund, USA, on behalf of Clearinghouse CDFI. And the bond loan proceeds are earmarked for financing charter schools, rental housing, and other investments. In state-level news, legislation was introduced in the Louisiana House of Representatives that would make properties affected by Hurricane Laura eligible for the state New Markets Jobs Act Incentive. That's Louisiana's state-level equivalent of the New Markets Tax Credit. If enacted, the bill would apply to qualified equity investments made on or after August 1st of 2020. This legislation demonstrates a recognition at the state level as to how tax incentives can be highly effective in aiding disaster recovery. I'll include a link to the legislation in today's show notes. And on the topic of disaster recovery, the California Tax Allocation Committee, or TCAC, released proposed regulation changes to the allocation of extra federal long-term tax credits for 2020 and 2021 for areas damaged by wildfires. Most of the extra long-term tax credits were allocated in the 2020 round, so the state agency will create a waiting list for any leftover credits. Counties that were most damaged by wildfires will take priority on that waiting list. Now, TCAC will accept comments on the proposed regulations through October 21st. KDOC expects to finalize regulations at a November meeting. And if you have any questions about the California loan and test regulations, I encourage you to reach out to a partner in one of our California offices. Well, that brings it to the end of this week's report. I do have a reminder for you, though applications are due November 16th for the calendar year 2020 round of new markets test allocations that's less than six weeks away. If you are planning to submit an application this year, I invite you to register for our 2020 New Markets Tax Credit Application Webinar this Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Now, if the application is due November 16th, you can use this webinar for tips, to learn strategies and to gain an understanding as to how applications are scored. The webinar is gonna be led by my partner, Nicola Panoli, in our Portland, Oregon office, and he'll be teaming up with Novigradic's senior public policy manager, Bob Ibanez. Bob spent 13 years at the CD5 Fund, including six years as the program manager of the New Markets Tax Credit Program. If you're applying for New Market Tax Credits this year, you definitely want to take advantage of this webinar to maximize your ability to win an allocation. I'll share the link to register today's show notes and tweet it out as well. And if you'd like assistance with the New Market Tax Credit application, please contact a Novogratik partner near you. I'll include a link in today's show notes to Novogradic's New Market Tax Credit Services brochure so you can see a list of Novogradic's New Market Tax Credit's team leaders. That's it for now. I'm Michael Novogradic. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogradic & Company LLP. Archive podcasts are available online at wwwnovacocom forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. You can find related links referenced in this podcast in our show notes at wwwnovacocom forward slash podcast. Novogratic and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.